0: About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. The word of the Lord.
1: God is good, all the time. All the time. God, is good. God is good, all the time. Sorry, my B reel just went off, and I had to take a picture. <laughs> I'm just All the youth in here should know be real. <laughs> I'm such a cool pastor and dad. I'm so hip with it. <laughs> well, it's Pentecost Sunday, which uh, the word Pentecost comes from 50, which is 50 days after Passover. Um, also, the other connection is Moses giving the law. Um, I believe it was 50 days. Is it Moses giving you the law? 50 days after, um, what do you call it? After Passover, after the people left Israel or Egypt. Um, but I need some help from you guys. And I need a response, some response. And that is, name some things that should not coexist. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Rice and mustard. Oh
0: no.
1: Those things should not coexist. What else? Mm. Orange juice and And milk. Mustard makes you pray more. Mustard makes you pray more? Mustard and prayer? (laughs) Oh, they should go together? Grape juice and chocolate cake. Grape juice and chocolate cake, all right. Come on. (laughs) Jelly and what? Jelly and pickles. I agree with that, definitely. One or two more? Anyone? Anyone? Nope. We're a participatory church. Me in sports. You in sports? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That's so good. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Leo with the one-liner <laughs> to cry everyone up. I'm sorry. So I, I, I wrote I a, a, a sat down and kind of reflected on a list. So like I said, rice and mustard, socks and Tevas, Fire and ice, cats and dogs should not dwell together, wolves and lambs to be scriptural, worms and fish, uh, I should have made a bigger font on this, slugs and my cabbage, bread and crunchy peanut butter, ketchup and hot dogs, controversial, I, I see a division happening in this church. Umbrellas in the Puget Sound. Oh, yeah. Trump sticker on a Nissan Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Right wingers and woke libs. Uh oh, okay. Uh-oh, it's getting it's getting too real. <laughs> Shoes in an Asian home. A fork and pho. <laughs> Infant baptism and believers baptism. Oh. Okay. Oh. The, the church and LG, LGBTQ plus people Ooh. and uh Tongi and a larger guitar. You know you guys know EM Tongi, right? The American Idol winner. He was big guy with a little guitar. Okay. No one got that. Alright. That's okay. That's okay. So these are things that, go, uh, that should not coexist, that shouldn't go together. And we know that we live in a world that's very polarized, especially in our country. And in the last five or so years, we've experienced tribalism. We've experienced polarization. We've experienced disconnection. We've experienced infighting, even in the church. Sometimes you may say that in the States, like there's two separate Christianities, happening There are times uh, you may be estranged from your friends or family members because of political leanings or what we believe what you believe in on Facebook I know I've been defriended many times because of conviction so now I just post family pics and like you know sunshiny things no more like convictions or beliefs that's for other other situations but we live in a place where we, birds of a feather, flock together, right? There are things that shouldn't belong together or shouldn't coexist. And sometimes it feels like there is no way a budget can get passed, right? (laughs) There's no way. These two things are not going together. How how can we get anything done? How is there going to be any reconciliation? How is there... Who's the bridge that's going to bridge the gap, or are we just left to live separately? And my testimony, I'm here to preach and say that in Christ reconciliation is possible. In Christ, Christ is our peace. Amen. Christ has broken down the walls of hostility and brought, is bringing the two into one. And it's only through Christ that true reconciliation is possible. Amen? And the power of that reconciliation is the Holy Spirit, as Christ promised at his ascension. Wait for the coming of the Spirit. And the disciples waited, and in Acts chapter 2, you see the Pentecost, right? I like to call it the first Pentecost, the, the fiery wind and the flame, tongues of flame, flames of tongue, flaming tongues above all of the followers' heads, and the miracle of comprehension as we heard in the um, calls of worship. Right? Everybody who was coming from the diaspora, right? God-fearers, Jews, but lived in Gentile territories, were coming from all the corners of the land into one place, and they were unified because. Not because they clung to one language, and everyone understood that one language, but they understood the gospel in their heart language, amen, in their mother tongue, and they were unified by one gospel, but many languages, and this is the kingdom of God, amen? Boom. So, we're in Acts chapter 10, which is often referred to as the Gentile Pentecost. Because this is where Cornelius' household, after meeting with Peter, um, they're baptized by the Holy Spirit, right? uh, Again, another Pentecost happens, and the Gentiles in Cornelius' household um, become anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's when Peter's like, man, now I know. Now I know that God does not show partiality. God does not show partiality. Um, but I want to take a rewind a little back, swipe to the previous chapter, or turn your page to the previous chapter, um, Acts chapter 9, because I think there's a theme, or uh, parallel kind of uh, stories being developed between Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 10, and that is the theme of, an interwoven themes of death and new life, as well as blindness and sight. Um, Blindness and sight. Acts chapter 9, right, We traces Paul's conversion, or Saul's conversion into the apostle Paul. If you remember, Saul was a Pharisee, but he was actively, violently persecuting um, the Christians, um, the people of the way. Um, But then on his way to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, 8, um, he's blinded by a light, and Jesus calling him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Um, and it says in uh, nine eight. But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So this interplay is though his eyes are open, right? He couldn't see anything. So Paul is blinded by Jesus for three days, and then little a little further down. There's Ananias. Ananias sees a vision, is given a vision by God, and goes to reach out to Saul. You have to, you have to know that people are afraid of Saul because he's been persecuting the church. And, and because Saul has seen a vision of Ananias, that brings the two together. That this interaction shouldn't happen, but because of visions, something that they see that comes from the Holy Spirit, they're brought together. Are you with me, church? You see this kind of formulating? Um, in 918, after Saul meets up with Ananias, and he, um, it says that scales fall from Saul's eyes, and he's Right after that, he's baptized. So he's no longer blind. The scales fall from his eyes. So if you're an English lit major, if you're a poet, that image of the scales falling from your eyes and you're walking into new life, a new paradigm, a new perspective. How many of you have gone through a situation, a time in your life where the scales were moved away from your eyes and you saw something afresh? Amen. That's that's a good thing. When you see, when you pivot, right? You see something new and you're able to pivot. And this happens to Saul. Um, And then one final thing near the end. uh, So Saul is baptized at 940, 9 verse 40. um, Remember Tabitha. So Saul's going around. Saul, Paul's going around and he's He's doing what, he's passionate, right? He doesn't have a waiting period. He kind of preaches, he's preaching the gospel and arguing in the synagogues and trying to meet, and people, you know, people feel betrayed, he's a turncoat, so they're looking, it says the Jews are looking to kill him. And he's trying to hang out with the Christian brothers and sisters and they're afraid because, you know, he's been persecuting them, so they're kind of, no, stay Maybe he's he's a mole. Maybe, you know, we don't trust him quite yet. But anyways, he's doing, he's doing, he's preaching, he's doing all these miracles. Um, And then it switches to Peter at the end of chapter 9. And you see this miracle of Tabitha, a young girl, dying, right? And they call Peter, they call Peter to the place. And he says, Tabitha, get up. And the scripture says, she opened her eyes, seeing Peter, and she sat up. So not only is she brought from death to new life, but also there's, you know, that distinct image of she opened her eyes and saw Peter. So opening your eyes, seeing, not seeing, life, and death. Are you with me, church? So we get to chapter 10, and I think there's a parallel kind of structure happening here, just as the Holy Spirit, God through the Holy Spirit is giving visions, right? Visions to Saul, visions to Ananias that brings them together and builds a bridge, a connection that shouldn't be there, right? In the same way in chapter 10, the Spirit gives a vision to Cornelius who's a centurion, a Roman centurion, so a very high-ranking official in the military, Roman, and uh, gives him a vision. And then at the same time, uh, he gives Cornelius a vision of, go send some people and go talk to this guy, Peter, right? And bring him to your house and eat with him. And then Peter... Meanwhile, Peter is up on the roof, he's really hungry, he's hangry, he's famished, he wants some food, and while it's being prepared, right, tapping his foot, he kind of goes into a trance and, and falls asleep, and he sees this vision of a large sheep coming down from heaven with all of these animals, right? And all of these animals are what's in the Levitical law, unclean, right? whether that's pork or certain types of animals and certain types of birds, uh, whatnot. in the Jewish dietary laws set out in Leviticus, they were unclean, so the Jews did not eat these animals. So a sheep with these animals on them and a voice saying, Peter, get up, right? It's the same word as Tabitha, get up, right? In other words, right? die to yourself or from death, get up and see anew. Get up and walk into new life. Get up and have a new paradigm. And you gotta imagine, right? This voice says, kill and eat. And Peter's like, ah, I've been told that this is illegal, like all my life, I shouldn't eat pork, right? Even though it looked really good, right? Those pork ribs with barbecue sauce on them and perfectly, right, blackened yet juicy on the inside, right? Ribs, they look good, but I haven't eaten them. I wasn't supposed to eat them. Can you imagine that kind of paradigm shift? What would it be for us? What would it be for you? Like, I am not going to eat that thing. I cannot do that. Or even in our Christian, if you grew up a Christian, grew up in the church, right? And you are a follower of Jesus and you have, you know, your rules or your church traditions. What are the things that you would be like, I can't do that. I remember my parents came to my house and I forgot to clean my porch, right? And my porch had like an ashtray with a cigar butt in it. You know, I like to get, enjoy occasional well, maybe I shouldn't share this. Occasional cigar, right? Nah, I'm not a chronic or anything. <laughs> That's all right. And they're like, oh my. Cigar smoking. Like a pastor smoking a cigar, right? That's that's demonic, right? That's bad. And I was like, ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> ah! <laughs> right? It's like, it's not salvific, okay? Um, uh, it might be a matter of life and death, but it's not salvific. Anyways, what are the things? What are those things? Right? What are the ways that we're culturally Christian or your ethnic identity, your ethnic cultural background has brought into your faith. We heard a little bit from Dax. Right? What are those things that aren't necessarily the gospel or of Jesus Christ? Or They're just things that we grew up with. What are those things? And then multiply it by 10 for this paradigm shift that's happening for Peter right basically what's been deemed unclean for all of my life is now clean and okay to eat meanwhile Cornelius sends his servants to Peter because he saw this vision right? go, go see Peter, leader you know, Christian leader um, go see him and so they, as he, right after having this dream, they knock on the door, duck, duck, duck. Peter, will you come with us to the home of Cornelius, this Roman centurion, uh, because he wants to see you, he wants to meet you. And Peter's like, okay, I'll come with you, but stay with me, right? So they stay together. And notice, we can't miss out on the hospitality that's here, right? Two different people gentile and jew are li- are staying together eating together you know having relationship together not just like a formal not like you know DM me but it's like stay in my house and eat and sleep here right so there's there's interaction and then the next day they set out to Cornelius's home and Peter walks into Cornelius's home And all of these foreign yet amazing smells, imagine, right? Like they're cooking up a meal and a feast, and they're not being culturally sensitive, right? It's like all the unclean foods, birds and reptiles, right? And pork, just ribs laid out, and Peter's like... right it's one thing to know thing intellectually right conceptually it's okay kill and eat but when you walk into the room and those people you're with those people and they've got that smelly garlicky food or whatever that is and they ask you to sit down and they put it in front of you and they say eat and you're like oh uh, what is that like what's that made out of right it's where the rubber hits the road and I asked this question like what does food have to do with anything? <laughs> right? This is an interesting dream and approach by the spirit. What's food got to do? That's that's in honor of Pina you know, Turno. <laughs> okay, too soon. Too soon. Okay. We all have our preferences, right? Right? And preferences are preferences, right? People, you have your prerogative to like the foods that you like. I, I should like the foods that I like. That's me, that's my prerogative. So what what is food got to do with anything? But food is really, 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 really important. Right? Food defines culture. Food defines how families get together. Food defines family. How and when you eat are signals of who you are and what tribe you belong to. Right, and food is really important. And the problem is, yes, your preferences in terms, there's not another side, your preferences in terms of Food, are your, it's your prerogative, your preference. But it's a problem when, right, when we say my preference is the only thing that there is. Right? When your, or your cultural preference becomes the center by which all people must assimilate to. Are you with me, church? And this is what God and the Holy Spirit, the paradigm shift, that the Holy Spirit is introducing to the church now because, right, up until this point, the church, the Christian church was just birthing, but it was seen as a Jewish kind of sect, right? You're still Jewish, but we're following this Jesus. But in order to follow Jesus, the Jewish Christians were saying is, you have to become Jewish to then follow Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is giving these visions. God is wanting to push, as Jesus said, go and make disciples of the world, right? Go to Jerusalem, Judea, and all corners of the world. That's, right, you can't escape from culture and nations and ethnicities when you read the Bible, right? You can't whitewash your reading of scripture. There's a crossing of boundaries. There's a coming together of difference. And as a church, we need to be a part of that. We need to get with that because that's the answer for the divided world. Amen? (laughs) And we've got got the game plan on it. We've got the call on it. Right? And so we should be leading the world in in a ministry of reconciliation. Amen? I'm getting excited here, but the times times are coming um Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. uh, so i imagine what it was like for peter to share a meal at cornelius's home like right? and to finally kind of embody kill and eat to really embody kill and eat because that's what had to happen right? For Paul then, chapter 9, to be an apostle to the Gentiles. For Paul then to be witness to, it. hey, the Holy Spirit, people are becoming following Jesus. Gentiles are following Jesus. The whole, they're being baptized by the Holy Spirit. What are what, what you going to say to this, right? And you're saying they need to be circumcised, they need to follow these laws. No, we need, we need to change something here. Something's not right? Right? Our, witness is be- our culture is becoming an obstacle to our witness right now. Right? Our, our, our faith or our religion is becoming more about our culture and our nation than right. Jesus Christ. Right. Amen? Amen? And that needs to break. I mean, the sheet is coming down. Kill and eat. Kill and eat. And then what happens at Cornelius' house, amazing, right? Because a a second Pentecost comes, and all of Cornelius' household is blessed in the Holy Spirit. They're blessed by the Holy Spirit, then they're baptized, right? And Peter gets up, the preacher, oh, I need to, like, seal this with a sermon or something, right? And people are like, no, you don't really need to, but go ahead. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And he preaches, right? And he says, I mean, the, his first sentence, he should have stopped at it, right? He didn't need to do this 20-minute sermon. Just, now I know, now I see that God does not show partiality, that the Holy Spirit does not show favoritism, amen? amen. I see that now. My eyes have been opened, right? And something had to die. I had to die The scales had to fall off of my eyes and be open to a new way, a new vision that the Holy Spirit has given me so that I can move forward into a new way of life that's inclusive of other people. Amen? Woo! Woo! And so the Holy Spirit... Comes down. And if you remember at the Jerusalem Council later on in Acts, it's Peter who says, Hey, I was there when the Holy Spirit came down on the Gentiles and they were eating pork and they were not circumcised. The Holy Spirit came. That's evidence, right? That God doesn't show favoritism. That's evidence, right? So good. Um, What does it mean for us to have the scales taken off of our eyes and to live a new life? Later, after the service, six youth are going to be baptized. And it was fun to do a baptism class and talk about what is baptism? You know, and what does it symbolize? What does it mean? And one of the images is of, you know, you're being crucified with Christ, right? It's a death. Going into the water is a death and coming out is a resurrection into new life. Yeah. We we do that as Christians. We do that as the church on a daily basis. That should be a a regular part of our walk is reenacting, embodying death and resurrection, death and resurrection. Because you know why? You can't be resurrected without the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So you just got to take that leap, put your money where your faith, put your faith where your money is or faith where your mouth is, right? Lean into the impossible, lean into, I can't do that. Lean into, uh, that's a little, I don't know. I'm not saying go crazy right, out there, killing people, and beating, <laughs> <laughs> leaning, into, leaning into it. Go and live the new life and be a part of God bringing all people together and breaking down the walls of hostility because Christ is our peace. Let's pray. God. Thank you for your word, thank you for your Holy Spirit, thank you Holy Spirit that you uh, empower us, that you bring words to the silent, that you give sight to the blind, um, that you guide us every day, that you bring those on the peripheral to the center um, so that we can see or we can be seen, um, so that... Our whole body can be edified by the mosaic of gifts and backgrounds um, in this place. Pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs)